by the Link Podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you on this fine Tuesday evening? Yeah, a losing Tuesday evening. I'm doing lovely, doing fantastic. Uh, James, how are you? Man, I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm glad I'm not outside. It's pretty chilly out there. Yep. Uh, but so is the performance of the Steelers these days. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we'd say there's hot and cold, but it's really just cold at this point. Uh, and it's cold here too. We got some snow recently. It was a fun time. I work had work started two hours late today, so it was, it was fun. Um, James, I'm gonna. Uh, you can't hear me opening this, I don't think, but I'm gonna go ahead and wear the ring that Pittsburgh is gonna win this year. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, because we're not getting a, a we're not getting a Super Bowl ring this year, but we might get a ring. No. <laughs> yeah. No. No, it is not happening, man. It's it's looking pretty bleak these days, uh, and uh, really kind of starts with some of the pregame decisions sometimes, right? Uh, you have that inactive list in front of you on who is inactive for this week's game? I do. So the inactives for this game, Anthony McFarland Jr., unfortunately continuing to see him on that inactive list. Uh, Dylan Cook, the tackle. Isaiah Loudermilk, also inactive. Darius Rush and Blake Martinez. Um, all mm. on that inactive list. Now, you also have Kenny Pickett listed as inactive, but that's kind of a, a gimme. Um, but those were the inactives for the games. I want to see Blake Martinez and Anthony McFarland really come back. Uh, those are the two guys on this list uh, outside of Kenny, obviously, that I really want to see come back um, moving forward. So, Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I feel like not dressing Blake Martinez is kind of a crime with how the middle linebackers are playing that are being put on the field right now. Uh, so you gotta, gotta explore every Avenue at this point. If you're not going to give up on the season, then you need to put somebody out there better than, uh, than, uh, <laughs> than Michael Walker. Cause that, that is not going well with him at all. <laughs> He's getting beat like he stole something like yep. they like to say. So, uh, Remember the Titans <laughs> saying right there. <laughs> yep. That was Hayden yeah. Penetier or Payton Penetieri. I can't remember her name now. Yeah. Um, yeah. great movie. Great movie. Uh, James, I will say this. The one thing at, the, at, at what point is Mike Tomlin just trying to save that 500 record? Uh, I mean, that goes in, in hand in hand with just never. Give up. Uh, so I don't think he's necessarily trying to fa- save his not being below 500 record as much as he's trying to, to see who's got heart, who actually wants to play till the end of the season. Who's going to not give up just because things aren't going well. Um, it seems like you got a lot of guys just going through the motions out there. Uh, and that's not something you want on your team in future seasons. No. Uh, so he's got a lot of hard decisions to make uh, after the next three games because it's looking like the way Pittsburgh's playing right now, you don't expect them to win any of the next three games. Um, and if they did by some miracle win two of the next three, you could still end up not making it into the playoffs. Yep. Uh, so I feel like the next three weeks are kind of like an open audition for anybody on the team as to whether or not you have enough heart to actually be a football player in the NFL or if you're just going to give up as soon as things start getting difficult. Yeah. Yeah, there's certain guys that have a guaranteed position on the team, whether it be from pedigree or, um, or you know, it, it could potentially be they, the price tag they have. I mean, some of them are veterans. There's certain guys that are not going anywhere, but a lot of these guys, especially in that offensive side of the room, um, offensive line, quarterback, running back, 
potentially maybe even if you want to talk about Najee not having good ball carrier vision, there's a lot of things um, that we could discuss with this. But, uh, I mean, Deontay Johnson wanted to play and actually do something outside of running routes and catching balls. When when the ball's not thrown his way or when it's a run play, he doesn't seem to be as interested in the play. Um, so there's a lot of things that are happening. But, again, I think the most important one that we're going to look at moving forward uh, is the quarterback play and who's going to be the backup next year because I don't think Pittsburgh's ready to give up on Kenny uh, just yet. But, man, I'm ready to trade Mitch for a undrafted draft pick from 30-30, and we're a long ways away from that. You know what I mean? Like, man, I'd give him up for a, a lollipop at this point. Um, but with that being said, let's we're going to go over this game recap. We're going to talk about the game against the Colts. Uh, Pittsburgh falls to Indianapolis at Indianapolis on Saturday. Great birthday present for me, by the way. Um, it was 30-13. to 13. Pittsburgh went up 13-0 in the second quarter, and it was a crap show ever since. So let's start off. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, 16-23 for 169 yards, uh, one touchdown, two interceptions, a 68.9 rating. Doesn't get much worse than that. Yeah, pretty bad, and, and especially this was, was really heavily distorted. Say that again. By Say that all again, Rupert. I, I, I feel like this is the second game in a row where his total yardage uh, as far as passing was heavily skewed based off of him pushing the ball down the field on the last couple of drives and up until then not throwing the ball vertically at all. Nope. Uh, so just very frustrating to watch. Uh, lots of easy throws missed. Uh Terrible overthrows that end up interceptions. Uh, guys wide open that are, are running cross routes on on uh, where you only need three yards, like Pat Frymuth was running a crossing route well past the sticks. It wasn't more than a five or six yard throw, and he misses them so badly behind. Pat can barely even get a finger on it. Uh, you, you don't even need to hit him right on the money on a, a throw like that. You just need to make it catchable to get the first down, and Mitch can't even do that right now. Uh, so it's just it's so frustrating watching him. I mean, it, it got to the point where it was a third down situation where it was third and long. Mitch bombs it deep to Deontay on the left, and as per usual, the ball's about 10 yards out of bounds and not even close to catchable. There's multiple people he could have checked it down to in this situation where you could have gained five or 10 yards. Fourth down comes, and you have the decision to either kick a 57-yard field goal or punt it. And Tomlin's so frustrated by the lack of, of ability of the offense to do anything competent at all uh, that he elects to punt it rather than kicking a 57-yard field goal, which you have to feel like in an indoor stadium like Indianapolis, Boswell would likely make that kick. Yep. Uh, so, it, it, And it was completely because the offense showed zero capability to do anything on the drive. Yeah, I mean, you have, uh, to, it, you have to give him a short field, which is why he chose to punt. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was worried that if they missed the field, uh, the defense wasn't stopping anybody and score right away. Yep. Yeah, it's very unfortunate because the defense is supposed to be the strength of this team, and I quite frankly I still think it is. Uh, but when you allow a team like the Indianapolis Colts to put up 30 points on you, it doesn't feel like that's a strong point. Now, obviously we had injury problems, and obviously we had depth problems when you look at the safety position, how – uh, DeMonte KZ was ejected from this game for a hit on a defenseless receiver, which I understand the flag 
I'm neither here nor there about the the ejection from the game. It, it's it sucks because and shockingly, James Tom Brady came out and uh, said some stuff to support the defense on this, which I actually have yep. that saved um, to read real quick. I actually forgot about that until we're talking about it right now. So Tom Brady came out on Instagram or Facebook, excuse me, and commented on something and said. Nobody likes seeing players get hurt, but hard hits happen. QBs should not be throwing the ball in areas where they are exposing their own teammates to these types of hits. Coaches need to coach better. QBs need to read coverages and throw the ball to the right places, and defenders should aim for the right hitting areas. To put the blame on the defense on the defensive player all the time is just flat out wrong. Need better quarterback play, and it's it's not okay quarterbacks to get your wide receivers hit because of your bad decision crazy impressed by that jj watt even added tom brady and gave, gave him like the praying hands of like thank you for understanding um it, it sucks because i thought demonte casey it was a vicious hit don't get me wrong but i i there was nothing else you could do if you want to try and make a play on that yeah no you have to That's watch it. you have to watch him catch the ball yep that is the only alternate to making that play for casey is just to let him catch it and then tag them down afterwards uh, in what is the NFL if that's what we're doing, right? Like, I I get it. I get the penalty. You hit him in the head and neck area, okay? So it's like that's not a question. But he did it with his shoulder pad. Yep. Like, he, he hit him the way you're supposed to hit him. He just hit him in the wrong place, which if a guy is diving, it's tough not to hit him in the head. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I – I, I get it, but it was 100% a knee-jerk reaction by the referees on how hard of a hit it was and the fact that the guy was laying there injured. And I think you got to take emotions out of it and rule things by black and white. Uh, yep. After this game, I'm just going to talk about it now because it's another talking point that we're going to have. Uh, the NFL decided very quickly the next day to, dis- to suspend DeMonte Casey for the remainder of the season, including the postseason, if Pittsburgh were to make it to the postseason. Yep, that, um, without pay as well. Yeah, now to me, that's just overkill, drastic. Yeah, it's overkill. It's not okay. It's dumb. It's the NFL taking what happened in-game in a live-action thing. And just, I think it's honestly them trying to support the ref's decision to eject him. Like the, the NFL referees right now have been getting so much heat for their bad calls and yeah. stupid calls that I think this is just the NFL trying to say, hey, we're going to support our refs. When in reality, you should come out and say, hey, it was a football it, it was a football play. It's unfortunate that it happened. But to suspend a guy like that for making a play on a football, doing his job, what he's paid to do, and then suspend him without pay for doing that. That's ridiculous. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me at all, um, and, and I'm frustrated with it. I hope that they appeal it, and I hope it gets appealed. At least suspend him with pay. Let allow him to make his his you know his paycheck. Don't get me wrong. I understand that KZ's not in a bind financially unless he's stupid with money because he's an NFL player and they make great money. But you you shouldn't take a man's living or an earning like that when he just made a football move. So I'm indifferent about that. Again, we will talk about that more later, potentially. Um, but that is what happened with that. Going back to the stats on this game, um, uh, Mitch Trubisky, we talked about his inaccuracy. Mason came in for, I think, a drive or two max. Uh, he had two completions on three attempts for three yards. I'm That's nothing to get exciting about. 
excited about, but we are going to see more of Mason in the next game as it's already been decided that he is going to be the starter um, for the next game. So we'll talk about that when we get there again. This Colts team is not a phenomenal team by any means. Gardner Minshew is a backup quarterback. Um, that Their team had issues and injuries that we talked about before the game. But for us to come out and perform, especially passing the way that we did, why are we not getting the ball to these tight ends? Why are we not pushing the ball downfield with these large targets that we have? I mean, George, this is one of the best games from George Pickens, and he only had three catches for 47 yards. It's just sad. Yeah, yeah, and that was part of my concern is that Mitch just doesn't seem to have an open mind when it comes to throwing to anybody other than Deontay Johnson, uh, and that's a real issue because then people just key on that receiver and everybody else gets frustrated because the ball's not getting thrown to them when they're open. Uh, I just wanted to touch base on the DeMonte Casey thing again real quick. I had a lot of background noise, so I couldn't speak on that as we were in that portion. Uh, but the uh, the suspension is the real big issue to me, and it's the duration of it. Sure, hit him with one game, that's fine. Uh, and and anytime somebody gets a suspension, it's without pay. You don't get suspended with pay in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, they quoted him as being a a repeat offender as to why the suspension was so harsh. Right, so five times this season, Demonte KZ has been find for a hit in a game you know how many penalties he has on the season zero two two one was this play and one was a defensive hold. so those four previous times or five previous times it was that he got fined for a hit that was deemed illegal during a game none of them were penalized in the game um of those five times that he was fined previously in the season he um he fought all five of them and won four out of the five. So calling him a repeat offender of this violation, when you've admitted four out of the five times that it was ruled improperly is a null and void point. It's, it's not a fact. Uh, So just a lot of what's going on there, witch hunt because a small guy hit a guy a lot bigger than hard. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, especially when that's their job. That's what they're paid to do. They're paid to make hits and try to c- cause incomplete passes and, and stuff like that. And Casey was just doing his job. Um, but again, we'll, we'll get to that more later, I'm sure. Uh, Jalen Warren had 10 rushes for 40 yards with a 4.0 average for yards per carry. Najee, 12 of 33. Um Najee had absolutely horrible ball carrier vision this game, only averaging 2.8 yards per carry. Uh, it was a pitiful thing to watch. One of the plays that has been viewed over and over and over again on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, um, it was a delayed handoff from a offset position in the backfield, and Najee ran straight up the middle, and there was a choice to go left where your tackle and your guard had created a massive hole. Um, and you, you probably would have ran into a defender three yards downfield or go right where there was a slightly smaller hole and actually the nose tackle or interior defensive lineman was winning to that side, was was pursuing that side and, and getting by the offensive uh, guard. And he chose to run towards that guy. And it, it just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, I don't know what I'm seeing with Najee anymore. I'm losing faith in him. 
I just don't know what to expect out of him anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That was a very frustrating play to watch because Dan Moore and Isaac Siamalu both sealed their guys perfectly, and they created that alley that you're always hearing. He's breaking down film, saying you got a seal here and a seal here and an alley in between. It was a perfect alley. He just had to go between the blockers, and instead he went directly into a defender and immediately got planted on his butt. Uh, just embarrassing, you know, if he goes between those two blockers and that massive alley that they created for him, I don't see any way that he gets less than seven or eight yards on the play because uh, he's going to be running for a little while before anybody can even make contact, and now he's going to be up to full speed. And yep. when Najee gets a full head of steam going, you don't really just stop him. No. Uh, so just just bad, and I got to feel like this is a, a big reason why Jalen Warren has been so much more successful than him the last couple years when it comes to the average yards per carry. Because he's just seeing things better. He sees the holes better. He sees the lanes and the cutbacks better. And he hits them faster. And that makes all the difference in the world, man. So, um, yeah, you got to feel like at this point, the the concern over do you bring Najee back for, for a fifth year is very major. And I would be very much opposed to doing it because it's too much money for how he's running the ball right now. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. Um Looking at the receiving stats, we talked about George Pickens a little bit. Deontay Johnson had four receptions for 62 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he can celebrate about that touchdown all he wants. Steelers still ended with a loss. Jalen, okay, this is where, oh, this is where I get frustrated. Um, Jalen Warren had five catches for 28 yards, 5.6 average. Uh, all I see with that is checkdowns. I see five checkdowns. Allen Robinson, three for 19 for 6.3 yards. Don't get me wrong, Allen Robinson's a good receiver. I see a lot of slants and third down plays. I don't see a lot of run after catch with these kinds of numbers. And then even Pat Frymuth, three catches for 16 yards. You need to average passing the ball to Pat Frymuth more than 15 yards downfield every time he catches the ball. There's no reason, unless you're on a goal line throwing a fade uh, up to him, for, for his numbers to be that low. It, it just doesn't make sense from an off offensive output, playmaking, play-calling, decision-making. It doesn't make sense in any way, shape, or form when you look at the NFL offense and a success, a successful NFL offense in this league having a tight end like Pat Fryermuth because, quite frankly, I view him as a top-five tight end easily. He's not above Kelsey and he's not above uh, Kittle at this point, but I could view him top three. Kyle Pitts, you, you could talk about. Um, but again, that's just mind boggling to me that that's his numbers. Yeah. And it all goes to usage, right? We've only effective. And when they did, he had nine catches for 120 yards. Uh, you got to throw to Pat vertically and on the move. He's a dangerous weapon when you throw to him, when he's on the move, when you hit him stationary, that's his biggest his biggest area of opportunity other than sometimes blocking sometimes he's not a very effective blocker uh, but when when you hit him when he's standing still he doesn't get that opportunity to take advantage of the strength that he has in his lower body to break tackles and gain more yards uh, so just frustrating usage frustrating lack of usage however you want to say it um, they they got to do better and again his production since Trubisky over the offense just went to complete crap 
so you got to hope that when Kenny's able to return, that he's able to go back to the vertical passing game and hitting pad downfield a little bit and really opening up the offensive line. Um, offensive line, I felt, had a pretty awful game, unfortunately. Um, this was the worst game we've seen from he brought was getting beat inside, was getting beat outside, and it's not like he was going against a Mason Crosby or anything like that. You know, these are not elite pass rushers by any means. Uh, Dan Moore had plenty of struggles on the opposite side, too. Uh, it just seemed like the, the pocket was not holding up well uh, all game long and uh, not big enough holes for the run game either, although some not run through for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, so it just kind of it makes it look like you, you need to address offensive line twice in the offseason and not just once. And I am at this point, I'm over the Dan Moore experiment. Uh, I get it. You're mad at Chooks core for but you need to put Broderick Jones back on the left-hand side and, and start Chooks again because uh, enough is enough, man. You're not giving quarterbacks enough time to uh, – and Dan Moore is one of the, the biggest reasons why. Yep. Yeah, I can't agree more. Um, you you shouldn't sacrifice quality of your team over what it is. I mean, and it, it's tough. It's tough. Because here's the thing. Chooksakorafor could still be going to practice every day and talking his mouth and running his mouth and saying all he wants. And maybe that's why they're sticking with this. But at some point, you got to realize he's right. Like, I I had this conversation today with somebody at work where they were called out a leader who's this is going to be weird, but you'll understand it. A leader who's someone under me, but uh, leads other people was called out by someone below them. And I was like, Hey, like, we're not going to do that. And then when that person left, I looked at the leader and I was like, they're right. Like you got to fix this. And then I let them go. Like, I don't know. Sometimes you're allowed to be upset. Sometimes you're allowed to be mad. Sometimes you're allowed to say stuff. And in, unless he's, threatening his family you gotta for the sake of player safety you gotta put chooks back in you're gonna get somebody killed whether it's kenny pickett whether it's minka or excuse me mitch or mason or Najee harris or jalen someone's gonna get hurt due to the lack of ability to block from the other offensive linemen dan moore specifically so i don't know what pittsburgh plans to do i hope they plan to do something moving forward uh, you want to talk about yeah, this defensive I, section? I, I hear you on the the Dan. They inserted Broderick Jones on the right hand side, partially because the Chooks run in his mouth, but also partially because Dan Moore's a better run blocker, and they wanted to get the run game going. Well, the last couple of weeks, the run game isn't going anywhere. Uh, so, if he's in there because he's the better run blocker, not see then you might as well put the better pass blocker out there and then maybe we can get the passing game going again uh, and just run to the other side, man. Because uh, right now you can't run to either side and that doesn't do you any good if you can't pass block and you can't run block. You got to have somebody that can do one or the other well. Right now, Dan Moore's not doing either one very well. Yeah. Yeah, you want, you want to talk defensive line or defensive front? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's go over it. You know, we didn't get much. Uh, the, the defensive line is run stopping capabilities were almost nothing in this game. Uh we got another sack out of Larry Ogan Joby. It was nice to see him do that, but that seemed to be about his biggest contribution on the day. A number of tackles from these guys. Cam Hayward had five. Larry Ogan Joby had 
uh, but you didn't get a lot of these tackles behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage, right? Keanu Bennett added another two, one more from uh, Montrevious Adams, two from Armand Watts. But it's a bad thing when your defensive linemen have that many tackles because that means the other team is running at will at you and you're having no choice. I mean, they had one drive and we couldn't stop it. And it starts with the defensive linemen. It continues with the linebackers and the linebackers were not against also. So you, you had very little positive contribution from seven on defense this week. Uh, obviously, you got to give your T.J. Watt. Uh, he got two sacks and got him quick in the game. Uh, we were at the end of the first quarter and had three sacks already. Like, oh, here we go. Game, we got three already in the first and That was it. <laughs> yep. Uh, no more the rest of the game. Uh, and I feel like I'll, a lot of that was due to the injuries in the secondary. Because once Casey got got kicked out of the game on one play, then Minka Fitzpatrick got hurt on the very next one. Yep. Uh, and then you saw shortly after that Trenton Thompson get injured, and you had Miles Killebrew and Pat Peterson out there at, at safety. Pat Pete played 20 snaps in this game at safety and had never played safety a down before this game. Uh, so that just shows you the state of what was going on in the Steelers' secondary in this game. Just as banged up as it gets when you start pulling guys that are like quasi-safety, quasi-linebacker, and guys that are strictly corners and playing them at safety because there's no one else left, uh, yeah, you're in trouble, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, TJ with those two sacks did take over the lead league. Uh, the league lead, he does have 16 on the year. He's a half sack ahead of Dan- uh, Daniel Hunter and a full sack ahead of Khalil Mack and TJ Hendrickson or Tyler Tyler Hendrickson? Trey. Trey. I'm having a stroke. Um, <laughs> fun fact, top five does not include uh, the so very great Miles Garrett. Um, <laughs> so unfortunate. For Zero him. sacks in the last three games for him, too. Yep. Uh, I, I hear his shoulder injury. What in the world he's even doing stepping on the field? If he's that- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If he's that hurt, I don't know why he's out there. Um Looking at the other linebackers, the the middle linebacker room was just atrocious. Uh, Walker was is not the answer. Um, Mark Robinson right now isn't the answer. I mean, I don't know who you're going to look at in this line. Landon Roberts led the team in tackles with nine, but again, you got to get more productivity out of that. You got to get a sack or a forced fumble or an interception or a pass defended. Something more from these middle linebacker group that we're just not getting. Like, there's got to be defensive plays. I'm sorry. In my opinion, a tackle isn't a defensive play. A tackle is just preventing the offense from making an offensive play. I want to see you make a defensive play. I want to see you force a fumble. I want to see you bat down a pass. I want to see you get a tackle for loss. And we're not seeing that enough from these middle linebackers. Um, and, and when I think back to good Steelers teams, you think about those middle linebackers crashing down, getting the tackles for loss meeting Derrick Henry in the hole, uh, you know, getting an interception, running it back, Devin Bush's rookie year, Ryan Shazier athleticism. Um, I want to see more from that middle linebacker group, and I don't think any of the guys we have on the team right now are long-term answers. Healthy guys on the team, to clarify. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I feel like uh, good effort continued from Landon Roberts. Big plays out of Landon Roberts. 
it's like he's trying to make up for the fact that whoever's lined up next to him just isn't very good every play. Yep. Uh, so uh, I like the effort, and and he's getting tons of tackles. Like you said, we're not getting the splash. We're not getting the picks. We're not getting the forced fumbles, not even any pass deflections anymore. Uh, so just got to go a different direction. I, I'm at the point now where I'm all feeling like I've seen enough of Mark Robinson that I don't even know if I want him on the back end of the roster next year. Nope. Uh, so, yeah, that's – that's tough to say. He's a good special Maybe teams he, guy. Yeah. Yeah, he plays hard on special teams. Maybe he'll still develop. You never know. And it's a more difficult transition for him, being that he didn't play much linebacker in college. Uh, but I now understand why Terrell Austin said at the beginning of the season that Mark Robinson was a season away from being a season away. Yeah. Um, so very confused with the middle linebacker play. I'm excited to see what happens moving forward. Um, but with that being said, let's talk about the secondary, uh, or lack thereof. There wasn't a whole lot going on there. And so I I don't know. I mean, obviously we talked about the safety injuries. We had a lot of stuff going on there. Um, Cornerback room didn't see much from, though. Like, Joey Porter didn't see much from. Levi Wallace didn't see much from. I, I just expected to see more from these guys making plays on balls and batting downs or, or at least, I don't, I don't know. I just want to see something. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like the inconsistent um, is, is just tough, you know. Uh, where are the plays going to start coming from? Uh, now you're wonder is Minka going to be done for the year doesn't look promising right now um you're getting some good play out of Joey Porter Jr but you seem to be getting at least like one passer well yeah um, and so I don't really know what the direction is but the secondary is very ho-hum right now they're at least not getting torched for like serious games passing you're not seeing a ton of like 300 and 350 yard passing games against Pittsburgh uh but Cincinnati's coming to town, and that's exactly what Cincinnati's doing. So uh, something that they got to figure out because I don't think Minka's coming back through that door this week to save them. Uh, so those corners got to button it up, and whoever ends up stepping out there at safety needs to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to special teams, Cody. Uh, I thought that the two kick returns we saw from Minka were he ended with a 32-and-a-half-yard average, two kick returns. Uh, excellent. They ended up actually kicking out of the back of the end zone after letting him return those because they didn't want him returning them and setting up the Steelers with a good field position anymore. Yeah. Um, also, we had another blocked punt. That's the third one on the season for Pittsburgh. This time, Connor Hayward getting the blocked punt. Uh, Nick Herbig recovering it at the one-yard line. Pittsburgh was able to punch it in for one of their two touchdowns on the game, but it did take them four, t- four plays to do it from the one-yard line, which is kind of embarrassing. The, oh, uh, kind so, of, kind of, yeah, kind of. Very. Extremely, yeah, extremely embarrassing. Uh, so, yeah, that's you know just real up and down. Not, not, uh, not the greatest thing in the world. And then you had a missed extra point from Chris Boswell, his first one on the season. So, um, not a great game in some areas, and then other areas. Uh, so, yeah, just, just frustrating. You know, we, you if you told me we had three punt blocks. 
dang good record then probably. But the last two games that we blocked a punt and we ended up losing the game. How many how many times does that normally happen? Probably not often. Um no. and, and here's the thing with that. Here's and this is going to be the harsh thing to say about our team. Teams that block punts are not always necessarily um Teams that block punts aren't necessarily like phenomenal defensive teams. Like you can have a good special teams and be horrible on defense. But the one thing is most teams have a, most teams in the NFL can, can score points. Like can, can make a drive happen, can do something. It takes us four downs from the one yard line to put us like a score on the board. It's just crazy. Um, so that's just the harsh truth. We should win these games that we block punts because special teams scoring and stuff like that is fantastic. But quite frankly, uh, our team just sucks that bad on offense right now and the play calling or the execution, whatever it is, it is horrible and we're not getting anything done to help the plays that we make happen. So it's very unfortunate. So. Yeah. Um, let's move past the game now and into some. Because we do have an extra games or, or an extra day's worth of, of talking points more yep. than we normally do for you guys. Uh, so the day after the game, Middle linebacker Tariq Carpenter was released from the practice squad. We later found out that he was arrested for uh, or assault at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. Uh, and it appears to be a domestic His girlfriend was involved. So real bad look for Tariq. It just cost him his job, and he probably won't get another chance in the NFL uh, with that on his record now. Uh, so they will end up filling that position. I don't know. that. I think they did fill it with a safety. I saw that it was a safety that was on the team in the preseason. Jalen Elliott, I think, was the kid's name. Um, KZ, we already talked about it. He got suspended for the remainder of the season. He is appealing the suspension. Uh, a lot of people seem to be optimistic, being that uh, he did win four of his five appeals previously this season, uh, that he's got a chance of at least getting this reduced from a season ending to maybe just down to a one game. Uh, Minka's knee injury looks like it might be significant. We don't know how bad yet. Don't know if it's an ACL or if it's just a bad sprain. Uh, but even if it's a bad sprain, don't expect him back uh, this season. Uh, Cam Hayward's officially in concussion, which is awful news. Uh, really could use him going against the Bengals, Ravens, and Fox. And a lot of times, if you only have seven days in between games, which is exactly what we're going to have, guys don't make it back in that amount of time too often. Uh, so I would kind of expect Cam to probably be out for the game versus the Bengals. Uh, and probably one of the biggest things coming out of the officially being named the starter for this upcoming week, although they are not ruling out the return of Kenny Pickett, and he did practice today. Yep. Uh, he ran as the number four quarterback in all the practices, uh, but he's moving around a little bit. So we'll see how that works for him as the week goes. Uh, a lot of talk from Mike Tomlin in the post game or in the uh, the press conference on Monday about both Eric Rowe and Miles Jack. And he says, expect them to be elevated and their role expanded. Uh, so hopefully we get a chance to see that. With Minka out, you definitely need another safety. With Casey out as well, Eric Rowe is definitely getting elevated. I'm hoping Jack get elevated and do that. Uh, Eric Rowe, a lot of starting experience in the NFL, so yeah, might be able to help uh, him back there with uh, with 
Trenton Thompson. You never know. You never yeah. know. Um, and then to add to that safety slash corner room, Elijah Riley has begun practicing again. He was on the injured reserve. Honestly, we totally missed the news. So did a lot of people when he got put onto the injured reserve. Uh, so I had no clue that he wasn't even on the active roster as of recently. Uh, so the 21-day window has opened. He is practicing. Um, he had some experience as safety with the New York Jets before coming to the Steelers. Uh, so that might play into it too. You never know. He might start. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So again, the big things here moving forward is Mason Rudolph potentially being named the starter, depending on what happens with Kenny Pickett. Um, Elijah Riley potentially coming back. That would help the secondary a little bit as far as depth is concerned, because like you said, we need it. Um, Eric Rowe, Miles Jack, middle linebacker group, massive question mark moving forward. Um, and Cam Hayward, I really hope he can uh, get out of this concussion protocol, come back. Also, Minka with that knee injury. So, again, uh, a lot of things to look forward to. Again, for you guys, we do have our Pro Sports Fans app uh, live show tomorrow night at 7 p.m. We'll be doing that, and then we'll have another episode out for you uh, more likely Friday night leading into – or maybe even Thursday night, just depending on stuff with a, a Saturday game this week. So, again, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bells free. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.